Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Yours Julie podcast. This is episode 153, and today I am having a conversation with Cherie Miller. More on that to come here in a couple of moments. I'll tell you what we're talking about and who she is, what she does, all the good stuff. But before I get ahead of myself, if this is your first time tuning into the show, my name is Claire Tuning. I am a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, business owner, pun extraordinaire, peanut butter and jelly lover, all the things. And I am so grateful that you are joining me for today's episode. I don't know where you are tuning in from, but where I live here on the coast of Virginia, we have officially entered into the how long can I wait to turn my heat on part of the year? Uh, typically, I only last until early to mid-November at the latest. If you could only see me as I'm... <clears throat> excuse me, as I am uh, recording this intro right now, I am sitting full burrito style, wrapped in a blanket, sitting at my desk, but I don't mind it because it's cozy. Uh, we are also, if you are tuning into this episode when it comes out on Wednesday, November 10th, we're also T minus two days until the long awaited release of Red. Taylor's version. Now, if you are not a Swifty, you can just tune out the next 30 seconds and I promise we will get back on task. But if you are a Swifty, how are you hanging in there? Because I am preparing to be all too unwell here in about 48 hours. I have a full day of client calls scheduled on Friday, November 12th. I don't really know why I did that to myself. If you're one of my current clients who is speaking to me on that day, if you see a, a lone tear escaping from my eye, if I talk to you about Taylor Swift, just um, humor me, if you will. It's uh, going to be quite treacherous, as some might say. Aha, only the real ones will get that. Anyways, back to what we're here to talk about on today's episode. I, for the month of November, am actually running a giveaway here on the podcast. So if you have been a longtime listener of the podcast, you might remember that last November was the first time I did this, but it went well, so I figure why not bring it back as an annual thing. So the Attitude of Gratitude giveaway is what I am talking about here starting now until the end of this month, where one lucky winner will gain complete access to my intuitive eating discovery course, completely full free. So a little bit about the course, if you are unfamiliar, is I developed this course for individuals who are wondering how to get started with intuitive eating. They are wondering how to break up with dieting tools like the scale and food tracking devices. They want to start reconnecting to their body's cues around food and challenge the inner voice of the food police and do all of those things I developed this course specifically for you or for those people. So the course itself contains a variety of resources that will help you learn how to take those first steps towards having a more confident and a free relationship with food. So it includes eight guided coaching lessons led by me, each filled with real life tools that you can take and apply to your life and your relationship with food as soon as you listen to those modules. 
You will also get downloadable PDF worksheets that follow each of those eight coaching modules that contain key takeaways, journal prompts, and activities to help you set goals and take action on what you're learning in each module. You will also gain lifelong access to a private Facebook community exclusively for course participants where you can ask questions, gather group support, and tune into monthly live Q&A sessions. So if you have questions, if you need support throughout the process and beyond, that is your one-stop shop. And there's also a lot of really wonderful bonus content that is free and it is included with your enrollment in the course. We have a mindful eating module where I'm actually walking you through a guided eating experience. There is a 45-minute body image Q&A with licensed professional counselor and body image coach Brianna Campos. You may know her as Body Image with Brie. She is incredible, so she has a, a spot there in the bonus content and there is a resources guide, there's phone wallpapers to add to your phone, there's a lot of things there included, but uh, I'll stop describing it all for now. So to enter into this giveaway, all you have to do is leave a five-star rating and review of this show. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you can tap those five stars and write a review, maybe sharing what you enjoy about the show, who'd you recommend it for, or anything else that comes to mind when you think of the podcast. And if you don't, use Apple Podcasts to listen to the show, but you would still like to enter into the giveaway, then I do want to include you. So if you would like to enter, you can do so by taking a screenshot of this episode or any other episode that airs in the month of November and post it on your Instagram story. Now, when you upload that screenshot, if you can include a little blurb, what you like about the show, again, who'd you recommend it for, and be sure to tag me as well in that story at Claire Tuning so I can see it and add your name to the giveaway list. I am only going to be allowing one entry per person. So just leave one review. I mean, if you want to leave more, you can, but leave one review and upload one screenshot to your story and that will count as your entry. I am planning on drawing the winner of this giveaway at the end of November. And I will be announcing that lucky winner on the episode that airs on Wednesday, December 1st. It actually works out quite nicely that the first day of December is a Wednesday, which is when new episodes air. And last year, when I did this giveaway, I believe we only had about eight to 10 entries. So I'll let you do the math on that one, but if you do choose to enter this year, I am willing to bet that your odds of winning are very likely going to be pretty good. So take that as you will, and as always, thank you, thank you so much for your support, and I hope to see you on that giveaway list very soon. But now, let's get back to the topic at hand for today's episode with Cherie Miller. 
Cherie is a licensed professional counselor in both Texas and Florida. She is the founder and owner of Food Freedom Therapy, which is a group practice of therapists, coaches, and dietitians who help people make peace with both food and their bodies. Cherie has 15 years of experience and as an eating disorder therapist, mentor, speaker, and advocate, as well as being recovered herself. She is also a member of the International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals and the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health. Cherie's goal is to help people of all shapes and sizes learn to eat freely and live fearlessly. So that's a little bit about Cherie. But in this episode, she and I have a conversation about antidepressants, the body changes that can sometimes result or come as the result of taking an antidepressant. Uh, We also talk about the importance of prioritizing your mental health and how to get started with this concept of body acceptance, even when it feels really tough or like a concept that is maybe unattainable or really far away for you. So without further ado, let's go chat with Sheree. Enjoy. Hey, Sheree, welcome to the Yours Julie podcast. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on. I, like I said, I'm really excited to have this conversation because it's, it's really an important one. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful that you're here. And before we get to said conversation, we're um, going to kick things off with a little bit of this or that. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay. I I think you are. So my first one is seasonal. So when we're talking about fall flavors, do you prefer apple or pumpkin? You know, I would have said pumpkin, but then I saw that post that nutrition tea, is that how you say her Uh uh posted about apple being superior? And I was like, she's right. I've been like brainwashed into thinking that pumpkin is where it's at, but I'm like, she's really right. So I'm going to have to say apple. Yeah. I feel like apple has made like a little bit of a resurgence this year. I mean, apple, not a hot take. Apples have been around for a long time, but I feel like pumpkins have really been center stage and now apples coming back. Maybe it has something to do with the release of the apple Starbucks drink. I don't know. (laughs) Which I did have and was very good. It was a little sweet for my taste, but Uh it was it was still really good. I highly recommend it if you like apple flavor. Yeah, I thought it was tasty too. Actually, one of my my good friends and I, we decided to order a tall and share because we were a little unsure about how the experience was going to go. And um, it wasn't, in my opinion, as good as like the pumpkin cream cold brew, but it tasted so much like an apple crisp, which is how they brand it. Like, I don't know how they got the taste to be it, so They nailed high. it. Yep. They <laughs> as they always do. Anyways, this is not an episode about Starbucks, nor are they paying us for this airtime. (laughs) Maybe we can see if they would be willing to do that though. Yeah. They'd probably be like, nah, we don't need your advertisement. Um, Okay. Next one. Would you prefer a movie night in or a night out on the town? Definitely a movie night in. I am such an introvert and such a homebody. I am I tell my husband, I actually literally said this a few nights ago. I just looked at him. It was like 830. We'd put, just put the kids down. I was so tired. And I said, I used to be fun. I did. <laughs> right. Like I have memories of being a fun person, but I'm actually okay with that. Like I, I just love the idea of like staying in, snuggling, watching a good movie or a good TV show. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. And I don't know if it's much as um, you're no longer fun. Maybe it's just the <laughs> definition of fun has shifted. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I'm with you though, a hundred percent. And now that I reflect on previous conversations I've had with other guests, I do a lot of different this or that questions. I like to spice things up, but whenever I've asked that question of a night in or a night out, I don't know if I've ever had a guest tell me they would prefer a night out. So maybe it's just something about this field of work in general. We just like to stay in and be cozy. I don't know. I do think there is something to that because by the end of the day, if I've had a full day of sessions, I'm usually pretty, pretty drained, you know, and I'm ready to just totally decompress. Yeah. I'm with you there. So, uh, next one, if you're going to go to a show, would you prefer that show to be a concert or a stand-up comedy show? Definitely stand-up comedy. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy music, but I've never been a concert person. I don't like the hustle and bustle. Like I can get overstimulated really easily. Uh-huh. I'm like a very sensitive personality. If you've ever heard that term before. I have, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, concerts are not typically my jam. Um, so I would definitely prefer the stand-up comedy and I love to laugh, which is one of the reasons I fell in love with my husband. So is he a stand-up comedian by any chance? He, um, <laughs> he would consider himself an amateur okay. comedian for sure. That's, uh, <laughs> and, um, I will say when we were dating, um, his nickname with my friend group was fun guy. Because he was like known to be fun. <laughs> well, I can see why that was probably an attractive quality then. And it probably still is to this day. <laughs> it is. Even if we're like doing the night in, he still is fun and makes me laugh. So what yeah. more can I ask for? Maybe that's why you prefer the night in because you, oh. have, the and you have the party there. You don't have to there go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I can't wait to tell him that. He's going to be like, yeah, you're right. Really? That is why. Because I'm kind of who are you talking to? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I too, I love to laugh. I love stand up comedy, but I I have to say, when it comes to this question, I might lean in the direction of concert, but maybe that's just because now this is time sensitive to when we are recording. So by the time this episode comes out, I will have already gone. But this coming weekend, I'm actually going to an outdoor Jonas Brothers concert. So very excited. My 12 year old self would be very proud. I know. I was gonna say, are you gonna take a t-shirt and have them sign it? Uh, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. They're requiring like vax cards and everything to get into the venue, but I don't think they're doing any they are, which I think that's the first place I've heard of that is doing that. I'm sure more places are doing it, but this is the first one I've heard of it. Yeah. Is doing it. Wow. And it's even an outdoor venue, which yeah. we're crossing our fingers that the weather will hold up. Okay. But that said, I don't think they're doing any meet or greets, nor did we buy any VIP tickets. So I'm going to be fangirling from the lawn all the way in the back. <laughs> It'll be a fun time. Um, okay. Two more questions here. Sandwiches or wraps? Sandwiches. I like the texture of bread, like in my mouth. I like the way that feels. I do like wraps, but there's just something about a really good slice of bread. I agree. Especially if it's like toasted a little bit. So mm-hmm. you have a little crunch. Yeah. And final one, when we're talking books, do you prefer to read fiction or nonfiction? <sighs> really? It's hard to pick. I love both. So I was an English major in college. So I just love to read. I love to write. Um, most of the time I'm reading nonfiction because I'm either reading something for work or um, something related to parenting or marriage, you know, but when I, I do like to read for fun when I can find the time and enjoy fiction as well. So I'm going to be lame and say 
Yes. <laughs> well, yes. We'll pass on that one. You chose a side on all of the questions up until that point. So we'll give you a pass okay. on choosing Thank both. you. Yeah. I appreciate the grace. <laughs> oh, oh no. Who is... That was a FaceTime. When you have your phone on um, Do Not Disturb, apparently FaceTime still come through on your computer. So let it be known. You you learned it here first, folks. Do Not Disturb does not apply to your computer. Anyways, (laughs) apologies for our disruption. But um, now that we've learned a little bit about you in a fun, lighthearted way, I would love for you to share a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do for any members of our audience who aren't yet familiar with you. Yeah, sure. So my name is Cherie. I am a licensed counselor in the state of Texas and just recently Florida, which is kind of wild, but, um, and so I have basically over the last year built up a, it's, a group practice that's turning into like a eating disorder facility, which is so awesome. I'm so excited about where it's headed. So I've got um, a team that works with me now. So there's therapists, there's a dietitian. Um, I have a coach um, that can see people all over the country of coaching is a fit for them. She also runs some groups like a body image group. That's been really amazing. Um, so I, I'm just very, very excited about the work that I get to do. I didn't always do this. I did marketing um, before I became a therapist. And so to be able to get into this field, that's my passion, you know, being recovered myself, it's always been something I've been passionate about wanting to help others in their recovery. And so to be able to do this for a living is just really, really a blessing. Yeah. As you're, as you're saying that you started out in marketing, I wasn't aware of that until this moment. And before we hit record, we were talking about Instagram and social media and it's making sense to me now, all of the content and how frequent and how, you know, well thought out it all is. I'm wondering if at all that maybe comes from your marketing background, maybe. I'm I'm sure it does. And that's one of those things that, you know, all that time I was thinking, this is not what I want to do with my life. I want to go back to school and get my degree. And I just wasn't able to, for a lot of reasons at that time, but God has such a plan because that experience has, you know, paid off so well for me doing what I do now, as far as building, building a business, but also it it gave me a lot of time to grow personally as well and continue my own healing journey with food and my body. And I'm in a much better place to do this work now than I would have been when I was 23 years old (laughs) and not, not as healed as I thought I was at the time. Yeah. I'm curious as well, when you um, kind of had that thought of, I want to go back to school, I want to be a therapist. Did you know that you wanted to work in the eating disorder, disordered eating community, or did you kind of discover that as you got into the, the coursework? No, I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. I journaled one, one time during my recovery and in, in my journal that one day I'm going to do something to help other people who are struggling like I am, you know, and it was actually one of the things that helped motivate me in recovery is like, okay, I want to get well for myself, but I also, I know I'm not the only one that's struggling with this, you know, as I as I came out of that feeling of like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? And, you know, really saw like, this is a thing, you know, millions of of men and women are struggling with these issues. And if I can recover, then I can offer some help and hope to other people who are struggling. So that was a, that was a big driver for me and getting well. I find that such, um, 
a really beautiful thing about this work about like the field of eating disorders, disordered eating, intuitive eating in general, whatever we want to call it, is that so many providers really get into this work uh, in part, at least due to a personal history or a recovery journey that they had themselves, which I think is wonderful in so many ways because we can share and maybe relate to some of our clients in a lot of ways. And at the same time, kind of with what you were alluding to earlier, I think we also have to be super mindful about not getting into it maybe before we are ready or if we're maybe thinking I'm healed, I'm recovered, but maybe we're not in the place quite yet to um, kind of hold that space for someone else. So it's this interesting balance I find with so many people I bring on the podcast have a history of that themselves. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, that's why when I do meet somebody who hasn't had personal experience with this, I'm always curious, like, why why do you work with eating disorders? You know, especially like a therapist that's working maybe even at like a higher level of care with more acute Uh patients. It's like, this is a tough population, (laughs) you know, like, I I thought you were like, yeah, Yeah. why do you do this if you aren't passionate about it because of your own personal journey? Sometimes it's because they, they have cared about somebody that has, um, struggled, but, you know, sometimes they just seen, you know, what's going on in our culture and how this is becoming such a problem, um, for so, so many people and younger and younger, right. Mm -hmm. It seems like it just gets younger every year when the research comes out of what ages this is starting to show up for, for people, which is very sad and frustrating. Which is too, one of the reasons why I'm so grateful that there are many people now on social media sharing messages like yours, um, food positive messages, if you will, to kind of begin to combat all of the, the information out there that's not so helpful and, and feeds into a lot of that as, for people of all ages, but especially for, for people who are younger. And while we're kind of touching on a little bit of your story and your history and what brought you here One of the main things that we talked about leading up to this episode was um, having a conversation that was actually inspired by one of the posts that you shared on social media um, a couple of weeks ago. And we'll maybe link this post directly in the show notes if anyone wants to go and read this one exactly. But it was a, a powerful and vulnerable at the same time post on Instagram where you were talking about antidepressants and weight gain. Um, So can you tell us maybe a little bit more about this post? what inspired it and why you think this is an important conversation to address? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think starting off with why it's so important, uh, I think it's relatable because again, I know I'm not alone in these struggles and, you know, whether it's disordered eating or clinical eating disorder, those things really take place in a vacuum, right? There's often anxiety or depression, trauma, other things that are going on there. And a lot of times those things need some medication. And what I see a lot with clients is some real hesitancy to take medication if they think that there might be some weight gain as a side effect, right? And I mean, I can totally understand that, right? I, it's it's hard. We live in a culture that weight gain is rarely seen as something positive, right? Even, even if it is for physical health or mental health, right? So it, that's a real barrier, especially if you're, you know, somebody that already has so much fear of weight gain and um, these body image struggles. But, you know, even being in the solid place that I'm at, you know, it's challenging, you know, I've, I've 
gained some weight and have not been able to fit in some of my clothes, some of my favorite clothes, right? And that's never a fun experience. Um, But I guess what I wanted to share in my post was just one, reminding people they're not alone in that and giving some tips about you know, what's possible as far as how you can make peace with weight gain in that, right? Because I'm at a place now where I can gain the weight. I can put on pants that I can't end up pulling over my hips, right? And I have to take them off and I can be disappointed and I can be bummed without it being, I hate my body. There's something wrong with my body and I need to change it. I need to go on a diet. I need to, you know, restrict, or I need to go off my meds, right? Because I just can't tolerate this, right? I can separate out my disappointment or the challenges and the uncomfortable emotions that come up Mm -hmm. with weight gain and it not be, you know, um, something that turns into having to attack my body or feel like there's something wrong with my body and I need to do something about it. Right. So that's the difference as opposed to where I would have been, you know, 15 years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) with this happening, where it would have definitely been something that my eating disorder would have started, you know, chewing on me mentally about like all the things that I needed to do differently to lose the weight again. Um, Even if that meant quitting my medication Yeah. I'm wondering too, I can imagine a lot of the people who are um, listening to this conversation who are maybe experiencing something like this, or they have experienced something in the past, they're maybe hearing what you're saying and they're thinking, I would love to be at a place where I could separate those things. Right. And to say, yeah, I'm uncomfortable and I don't like this. And I'm not going to let that take me away from prioritizing my mental health or taking these medications. But what if someone is listening and even then they might be thinking, I'd love to be there. That sounds like a wonderful spot to be in, but I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. I know there's no one size fits all. There's no like, do this one thing and it will lead you. But what, um, What might your advice be to someone who's kind of in that place of, I'd love to be there, but that sounds really hard for me, or that sounds really far away. Where could yeah. they start? Well, one, just having some hope that it's possible, right? Like I will often say to clients, like, can we just open the door crack? Like we don't have to throw it wide open and be like, I'm running through this because I totally believe that, you know, I'll get there, but just crack it open a little bit because I, I remember being in a place where it felt really impossible to ever get to a place of body acceptance. I just, it was, it was almost unfathomable to me. Right. And so I, I share that in hopes of just because it feels impossible doesn't mean that it is right. So don't give up on working towards it. Even if you don't fully believe that you can get there, right. Keep working at it. And so I, you know, I feel like a broken record because I say this all the time on social media and on, on my interviews, but, you know, I think one of the biggest things is being really, really intentional about what you're filling your, your mind with. Right. So that means curating your social media feed. And this is the only detox that I'm sure either of us recommend, but like detoxing your social media, right? Like if content is triggering, if you're finding yourself body comparing, even if it's a positive account, but you find yourself body comparing and feeling bad about yourself after seeing certain people or certain types of media, you know, mute or unfollow that. And then fill that space with more positive messages, right? About body acceptance, about intuitive eating, 
and also diversify your, your feed so that you're seeing all types of bodies, because what we know about how the brain works is what our brain continually hears and sees is what it normalizes, right? So truthfully in our media, what we see over and over and over is the image of a thin, young, pretty white girl. And that's like the norm, right? Supposedly, right? But it's definitely not like statistics about, about, um, about body, body sizes and all of that tells us that that is definitely not the norm. Um, so you, we have to be intentional about exposing ourselves <clears throat> to body diversity and kind of retraining our brains to not expect that this one body type, this one um, type of appearance is what's the norm or the ideal. Um, and anything outside of that is, is wrong or abnormal. Mm -hmm. You're uh, you're very right in saying that is the only detox that I also, <laughs> right. as well. yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's something, um, I actually cover in a lot of the, the first sessions with my clients. I say, you know, when you think of the diet mentality or things that are harming your mindset, what does that mean for you? Where does that come from? And so many of my clients will say, well, what I, what I see on social media. So we talk about what the detox might look like of the feeds. And if we're removing all of these accounts, what do we replace them with? Right. And for anyone who's, um, interested in like, well, it's a great idea, but what other accounts do I look for? Where do I go? I don't know if you have any resources. I, um, I have a other resources highlight reel on my page. So just as you were bringing that up, I, I just want to plug that for anyone who's like, I need more accounts that represent that diversity with people who uh, align with this message. That's a, a great place to go. Look, do you have any recommendations as far as where people can look to do that? Yeah, I do actually. So on my website, I have a place where you can sign up for my newsletter. And also when you sign up for the newsletter, I send you a link to a whole list. It's a couple oh, cool. weeks worth cool. of accounts. It's a little outdated. I haven't worked on it in a while, you know, with all the free time that I have, but, um, so it's like I said, it's, it, there are definitely good ones that are not on there is what I'm trying to say with that. But, um, there, there's a great list to get people started. And it also includes some Facebook groups for, um, you know, I've had teens in my teen group inform me that Facebook is for old people. I'm like, thank you very much. So, um, <laughs> but if you're old school like me and you are still on Facebook, um, you know, I think it, cause Facebook is a different type of community, right? Like they have yeah. groups where you can ask questions and see other people asking questions. So there can be a lot of value in that, especially if you're feeling kind of alone mm -hmm. in this journey, right? Like some of us are really fortunate to be around people that aren't into dieting or don't have disordered eating, but so many of us did grow up around people like that or our friend circle um, are people that are in that place and in that kind of mentality. And so it can feel kind of like a lonely journey if you're the only one that's putting your toes in the water of, you know, being anti-diet or, or doing intuitive eating, um, you know, giving up the idea of devoting your life to weight loss. Right. So finding community is another thing that I would say is really important. Um, yeah. in that if, well, if it's possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can feel, and it, it is at times like so revolutionary. If you're the only person in your circles, that's doing something like this, or is, is distancing yourself from, from dieting and the 
pursuit of disordered eating, we'll even call it that. Um, but hopefully between your resource, and we'll be sure to link that in the, the show notes or at least your website so people can find that and the resource highlight, that'll be helpful for people. I just wanted to be sure we plug that because I've listened to, to many conversations and I've even done episodes in the past where this amazing idea of the social media detox comes up, but I've had people ask, well, where do I find that helpful content? Like detoxing my feed, that's only half the story. So I wanted to be sure that we plug that. But um, as you were speaking a couple of moments ago, two questions came in my mind. So I am gonna ask them one by one and then we we can go from there. Um, First one though, from your point of view as a mental health professional, what are maybe some of the, the signs and symptoms, if you will, that someone maybe needs to take a closer look at their mental health or they need to start prioritizing for lack of a better term, their mental health? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. I, you know, it's funny because I think in this population of people like us who have struggled with eating disorders and disordered eating, you know, it's, um, it can kind of run the gamut of people like me who are super emotional, very in touch with our emotions. Emotions are very intense all the way to people who are incredibly out of touch with their emotions. Right. So some people might have just more of an awareness that wow, things feel like they're kind of spinning out of control, right? Because I, I don't feel like um, I have a handle on things or, you know, maybe I, I'm recognizing that I'm not functioning like I used to on a day-to-day basis. Maybe the, you know, the normal things of day-to-day life are really hard, right? Whether that's getting out of bed or brushing my teeth or, um, you know, going out with friends, right? Like if you're noticing some tendency to isolate and wanting to stay at home, not having the energy to do things that you did before, or just not really having the interest in doing things that you did before, things that you used to enjoy, you don't really enjoy as much as you did before. Those are all signs that maybe something needs some attention. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what other, what other things I think, um, to, uh, again, on the spectrum of maybe not being as aware. Um, I have a lot of clients who will come in and talk about like kind of a numbness or an emptiness, right? Like they're just, maybe they're like, I'm not really feeling depressed, but I just don't have any joy. Like nothing makes me happy. I just feel empty or, you know, kind of numb. You know, I would say that's another sign that, and I think that one can be easier to miss because again, it's, it doesn't have this dramatic, like I'm so depressed. I can't get out of bed. It's just like, you're just kind of floating, floating through life, you know, checking off the boxes, but there's really, there's no zest for life or energy for life. Like there used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can imagine that one specifically might be a little bit more challenging to identify and um, bringing it back to the, to the medication conversation that we were touching on earlier. I don't know if you find this, maybe you absolutely do because you work in this field, but I know in a lot of the things that I've seen read on social media, just in how I've observed people talking about mental health and medication, I feel like there can be a stigma for lack of a better term around taking a medication or accepting help from a medication. So if anyone who is listening is maybe in that place, or maybe they've been with a provider who has suggested or recommended, but they feel like they can't get over that hump of the judgment that maybe surrounds that, what information or or food for thought might you have to offer? 
Yeah. A couple things come to mind for me. One is, and, and I do have these conversations with clients a lot because it's, we think of mental health being like, oh, it's this, you know, intangible, like it's emotional, but our emotions and our bodies are very intertwined. Right. And, and this goes, I mean, we, you, you could have a whole episode on like what that yeah. means. Uh-huh. But one of the ways that, that, you know, shows up is in the fact that we're talking about like chemicals in our bodies, right. That affect how we feel. So sometimes we're sad because of circumstances or we're anxious because of circumstances. And sometimes we have those feelings because we have some chemical imbalances that are happening, right? I mean, research has even shown that situational depression where maybe a circumstance came up in your life. And so you uh, started getting depressed ends up creating a chemical imbalance over time, right? So something that started out situational can eventually create within your body, some imbalances, right? So if we're talking about something that's going on on a biological level, mm-hmm. right, then it's important that we don't stigmatize or rule out the, the idea that the best course of treatment for something that's biological is a biological treatment, like a pill, right? And that's where it's like, I think we understand that when we talk about something like, uh, cancer or, um, you know, high blood pressure, right? Because we think of that as a physical condition. We don't think of mental health being a physical condition in any kind of way, but it definitely has or can have, right? Every situation is different, but there can be biological things going on there. And it can be a big hurdle. It's not impossible, but it can be a much harder hurdle to overcome and recovery and getting treatment. If there's some physical things going on that aren't being addressed. Mm -hmm. That's, um, it's so interesting how you pulled on the comparison between a condition that we obviously view as physical, like having high blood pressure or someone dealing with cancer, right? I've, I've actually never thought about it from the perspective that you just brought up. I'm I'm still processing that. I'm so grateful <laughs> that you put it in that way because even though we think of mental health not impacting the physical body, it absolutely does, and it has physical implications as well. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that. Yeah, I mean, it's really like we don't even fully understand that. I mean, it's like we think we hear about serotonin. Well, serotonin is <laughs> most of our serotonin, and you may know this as a dietitian, uh-huh. is in our guts. Yep. It's not even in our brain, right? So we're still studying like what is the impact of gut health on our mental health since we're talking about the main housing place in our bodies for serotonin, which has a huge impact mm-hmm. on things like depression, right? So it's like, we don't even totally understand that yet. There's still a lot to uncover, but I think the, hopefully the takeaway is reducing some of the shame of like, it's all in my head, or this is just emotional. I should be able to talk myself out of it. Right. And I, being a religious person, I'm a Christian. And so I also offer Christian counseling for people who want that. And so, um, and, and I've seen other other uh, people from other faiths as well. But in the religious communities, there tends to be a whole nother layer of stigma, right? That's like, oh, you don't have enough faith or you should just pray about it, right? So there's this whole other level of shame that gets heaped on people or they heap on themselves, right? That they're not 
you know, a quote unquote good enough Christian or whatever. And so that's, a, that's another barrier, I think, for people. And um, I often help people kind of work through, you know, is, is that valid? Um, or is that, is that something that we need to examine and decide if, if that's like really what we want to go with here? Yeah. And you bring up that barrier and even to come full circle with what started this conversation at the top of the episode, another barrier being that fear of, well, if I do get to a place where I'm okay with taking this medication, or I'm going to allow myself to do that, well, then the fear of what if my body changes as a result, like that's yet another barrier that, that comes onto this, but I'm, I'm so grateful for the insight that you provided, not only from your personal perspective and having gone through this yourself, but your professional knowledge and expertise as well. Um, I know we've been at a lot of places in this conversation, but before we fully wrap and tell people where to find you and how to learn more about you and see that glorious Instagram feed we've been referring to, (laughs) is there anything else you feel compelled to add just on this conversation of mental health, medications, weight gain, anything else? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> the other thing that I would share that I think can be really helpful in all this is getting, getting into a deeper layer of, okay, what do you really value? What do you want your life to look like? Right. Because when we are in our eating disorder or we're in knee deep in diet culture, it can feel like what we really care about is to be thin um, or to, you know, meet this ideal physically. Right. But a lot of times when we do the deeper work, we realize that's not what it's about. We maybe we're seeking approval or connection because we don't really feel good enough on our own. Um, but you know, all that to say, if you're, if we do the work of getting in touch of what we really value in life, right. Whether that's, um, you know, connection with other people or it's helping other people or it's, uh, adventure or, um, learning, whatever it is. I, I think then we can focus on how do I build a life around those values? And that helps me live out those values. And often what we find is that these pursuits of thinness are interfering with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, not getting treatment for our anxiety and depression because we're afraid of what that might mean for our bodies is getting in the way of that. Right. So I often say, because I'm very honest, (laughs) like that's just kind of my style, very authentic and honest. It's not that I, in my own journey, got to a place where I didn't care about being thin anymore. I just connected with the things that I cared about more. Mm you know what I'm saying? Right. And though, and that's what gave me the strength to push through the fear of weight gain, to push past the discomfort of being in a bigger body that I didn't recognize that felt really uncomfortable that didn't fit in the clothes I liked anymore. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I think that that work is really important and that's where having a coach or therapist can be really helpful. I often have clients journal about those kinds of things, do some values work where they're identifying values, do a vision board, right. You know, cut out some magazine pictures. And it's like, what do you want your life to look like whenever you aren't in your eating disorder or you're feeling better and not so depressed and, um, bound by your anxiety, what could life look like? And and sometimes that's really easy for people. And sometimes it's not because maybe it's been a really long time before they, you know, since they've allowed themselves to envision a life without all of those things. And so sometimes it can be kind of be overwhelming 
And it's kind of scary to imagine, like, I don't even know what that would look like. Yeah, I, uh, I'm smiling and nodding my head as you're sharing this. I know our listeners can't see, but as you describe the values work and kind of doing that values assessment, I, um, I have a lot of similar themes and conversations that I have with clients. Like, okay, what do we value most? Or when you think of a person who you really care about, like, what is it about that relationship that you value or love? Right. And then kind of comparing what am I spending so much of my time and energy on? And does that align with my values or does it kind of um, come up against them? Right. I'm not doing that from a place of judgment, but just to be aware and to acknowledge. And um, even to phrase it another way, I'm wondering if you might agree that when we look at some of those values and having the option of taking a medication that will help with mental health, that might be something that ends up connecting you more with those values because it allows you to be more present or have more adventure or establish meaningful relationships, right? So that's also something else that came to my mind as you were sharing. Yeah. I mean, I've had clients, uh, like I can think of one client, one of her values that we identified was adventure and it's like, she's, she's in Europe right now, traveling Europe and eating foods that she would never have allowed herself to enjoy. Like one of the last times she traveled there, it was like, she couldn't even enjoy it. She was so consumed by trying not to eat certain things, worried about what she did eat, how that was going to affect her body. And, you know, it's like, you know, tears talking about that last trip. And then here we are, she's out gallivanting Europe and enjoying all these things, right. Living out her values, you know, her true core self, instead of being controlled by her anxiety, her eating disorder. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. And that's why I think that that work is so important because it, it starts to differentiate. Like I am not my eating disorder. I'm not my depression or anxiety. You know, those things are a part of me, uh, but they're not who, who I actually am. So who am I and what kind of life do I want? And is taking a medication is recovering, you know, all those things, are they going to help me get to that life that I want on the other side? It reminds me of um, something that I, I picked up from Evelyn Triboli, uh, one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating when I was doing her certified intuitive eating counselor training, but she has uh, a quote. I only remember half of it. I'm not going to deliver it perfectly, but the idea comes from her. She says, I have fears, but I am not my fears. I have thoughts, but I am not my thoughts. And she kind of goes on like that. And what you were saying really reminded me of that. And two, for that client or past client of yours, what an amazing place to be in exploring the foods. <laughs> I don't have yeah. a ton of experience. With I know you. I'm like living vicariously through her. I can't wait for her to come back and tell me all about it. Yeah. Well, Sheree, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Again, sharing your story and your personal expertise as well. If anyone who is listening wants to learn more about you, your services, read all of the posts from the gram, where is the best place for them to find you? Sure. So I am on Instagram at uh, food freedom therapist. That's my handle. And then my website is foodfreedomtherapy.com. And there's resources on there. Um, you can also um, subscribe to the newsletter and get that, that list of accounts to kickstart that social media detox um, as well. And like I said, lots of other resources there. Um, so definitely check that out. But yeah, like, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think we talked about some hopefully helpful things for other people in this place, because I, I have these conversations a lot with clients. So I know they're really, they're really quite relevant.
we'll, we'll blast it out to the rest of the world and hope that at least one human finds, finds value, <laughs> which I, I have no doubt that they will. And yeah, like I've been saying all along, we will be sure to link your Instagram handle, your website, all of that in the show notes so people can easily find you. But my friends, my listening friends of the podcast, that is all that we have for you here today. So we are going to sign off by saying yours truly, Claire and Cherie. There you have it, my friend, just like me in this blanket. That is a wrap for today's episode. Uh, Thank you so, so much for being here and sharing a little bit of your day with both Cherie and I. I hope you found something valuable throughout this episode, and I hope to see you back here next week as well. Before you head out into the other world of podcasts and all the other shows out there, I would be so incredibly grateful if you can take a moment, however much time you have, and tap those five stars and leave a review. Remember that if you choose to do so within the month of November, you will be entered to win our Attitude of Gratitude giveaway, where the winner will gain free and complete access to my Intuitive Eating Discovery course. If you are not listening on Apple Podcasts, you can also enter that giveaway by taking a screenshot of this episode and uploading it to your Instagram story, share a little blurb about the podcast, and be sure to tag me as well so I can see it and add you to the giveaway. But that is all I have for you here today. I will see you back here next Wednesday, and until then, take care and stay warm.